Your spring is about to get a lot more power with the Home Depot. Get gas-like power from mowing, trimming, and blowing with the Ryobi 18-volt OnePlus system starting at just $89. Mowing power that can take on a third of an acre with one charge. Trimming power with up to two hours of runtime. And blowing power with 110 miles per hour of clearing force. All in one interchangeable battery. Get cordless gas-like power for the entire lawn with the Ryobi 18-volt OnePlus system. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Three Questions. I'm your host, Andy Richter. Today, I am talking to Jose Andres. Jose is a chef, restaurateur, writer, television personality, and humanitarian. He's the owner of several celebrated restaurants and has won numerous awards from the James Beard Foundation. He's also the founder of World Central Kitchen, a nonprofit devoted to providing meals in the wake of natural disasters. Jose's new graphic novel, Feeding Dangerously, is in stores now, along with his new World Central Kitchen cookbook. Uh, Jose joined me via Zoom, and we had a great conversation. Uh, He's a heroic guy, uh, and here's my conversation with Jose Andres. you You have a graphic novel coming out. I do. And now, how did that how did that come to be? Look at wow, hardcover. That's a that's like a coffee table. It's supposed to be a comic book, not a coffee table book. Well, that's the only thing I think I requested. Even they put my name on the cover. Yeah, uh, th- this is all to Steve Orlando. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And TKO. Steve Orlando is you know it's like the it's like the Messi of of, <laughs> of comic writers. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and you know he has such an amazing following and Spider Man, and he's done so many stories. And we met through the the way we we meet a lot of people these days mm-hmm. through social media. And you know he was super nice. And hey, why we don't do something about about you, about Walton Kitchen, about what you guys do? He, I think he read that I love comics. Yeah, uh, and I, I I love manga, and and that's how we began. Then he said, "Let's do a comic together," um, and then he he did everything. He found TKO, the, the studios, the, the the publishers, who they donated uh, a big check from the beginning to uh, Wall Central Kitchen on top mm-hmm. of whatever this book raises. He found uh, Alberto Ponticelli, the, the the amazing drawer. The, the guy doing all these amazing drawings. What can I say? I cannot, I cannot uh, complain. And then the, this cover, which is only thousand, even I have a feeling they are all gone by now, and it's not even up. Yeah, which is by the creator of Hellboy. Oh wow! Wow. So it's a lot of people that put a lot of love in this book. Who was going to tell me that I will be drawn? One day, by the <laughs> by the, the the Hellboy master, right? Uh, so it's been a lot of people that has put a lot of love into this. 
and obviously I've been able to share my stories and the stories of the people because there's a lot of people in this comic book. Yeah. Steve Orlando, and five years later, here we have this comic book. How does something like that, where you can inspire lots of creative people to do something and come together on a project, how does that feel versus just something that is 100% your own? Like, do you have a preference for one or the other or, or is collaborate? I mean, you know, cause in a kitchen, you're a collaborator all the time, usually, unless you're just making breakfast for your kids. Yeah. In the kitchen, obviously you are collaborating um, with many individuals, but they are all part of the same team. Yeah. We are all the team of that restaurant, of that family. Yeah. What gets complicated is when you have to bring different families from different other parts of life to come together. Right. It's slightly more difficult, but usually when it works, it's far away, much more powerful, right? Mm -hmm. Because by bringing different tribes, different people from different angles and parts, you, you're going to have a much more richer outcome of whatever you create. Yeah. You can be creating something to solve a problem, or you can create something to tell a story, or you can create something to entertain or you can create something we never knew we we ever needed. Mm -hmm. uh, but but that's how humanity moves, right? So a project like this is fascinating, simple, very clear objective. Let's tell the story of the beginnings of World Central Kitchen, of the many people part of making World Central Kitchen what it is, telling people what we do, uh, not through a movie, not through a documentary like the one Ron Howard did with it people. But this time through a comic book that has this fascinating way to be reaching an audience that will be drawn to comic books um, instead of other other mediums of of telling a story. So that's right. why I'm, I'm in love with this comic. I think we're going to be reaching with this story so many other people. What is your main goal out of something like that? Is it to raise money for World Kitchen or is it to or World Central <laughs> Kitchen or is it to is it to just get people thinking more about the world and and to think more in a, in a philanthropic, generous kind of way? I mean, listen, it, 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 if I don't lie to you, for me it was more, oh, I can be part of a comic book. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, but, that's but, that's got to be the. The big yeah. charge, yeah. Yeah, it's like you you always have other ways to raise money for this organization. Yeah. Or to tell the story. We got this amazing movie of Ron Howard that tells the story. And a lot of people has watched it on, on Disney. But, but, you know, more sometimes doesn't mean more is more. More sometimes yeah. is, oof, you're working harder for the same thing. This for me, my main thing is when Steve Orlando comes, it's like, ah. Let's do a comic. Oh, my God, I can be part of a, a comic. It's like when Brian Fuller approached me to help him with Hannibal when he was doing the, the series for NBC. Which right, was you, were, the, you were the culinary consultant on that the show. The younger years of Hannibal. For yeah. me, it was like, oh, my God, I can I love history of food. I, I have, my brain is full of stories that involve centuries and moments and people and and recipes, but beyond the recipes, what happened? And for me, it used to be part of something that like you can be influencing uh, the scriptwriters to to come up with a smarter or better or, or deeper 
or historical conversations that makes that character eating people more normal. That's fascinating, right? So here we are talking poor creativity. For me, probably one of the best things of, uh, in the same way, Washington, D.C., my 30 years in D.C. gave me all this understanding of social issues and politics and policy and how a smart policy with, with uh, boots on the ground, uh, grassroots uh, efforts, if they work together, how they can be very beneficial for people, for mm-hmm. the citizens of America and of the world. Me coming to L.A., which is about to be close to 14, 15 years anniversary, to open Bazaar gave me this amazing connection to many of the creative types on, on TV, on movies, on Hollywood, that allow me sometimes span uh, my reach in how I can be playing food that I love so much with other angles. Uh, working on TV is one, going to a late night show is another, doing a comic is another. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you must have grown up, obviously, in a, in a food family. Uh, did you grow up in a political family? Because you, the, the intersection of food and politics is such a big part of your life. I'm wondering if, if that was a, something that you just soaked <laughs> in from an early age. Well, I, I will say that, yeah, my father and my mother, uh, they were excellent cooks. They were nurses. And my mom was more Monday through Friday cook. My father was more the weekend. Mm-hmm. My mother was more in charge of making things with nothing, especially yeah. at the at the end of the month. Yeah, yeah. Where was nothing left in the fridge, and she'll be able to multiply. I mean, you know, I'm a Catholic boy, so multiply fish and loaves <laughs> with uh, whatever was remaining—a little piece of r- roasted chicken that nobody wanted to eat. Yeah, she'll she'll still chop all of that and put it in the bechamel, that flour with milk. Yeah, uh, that th- then she'll roll in breadcrumbs. That was the old bread that she'll put in the coffee grinder or whatever. Yeah, and then yeah. Ro- and then she'll fry. And my father cooking for everybody when he will make the big paella. Uh, yeah, that Spanish rice dish. But then, yeah, my father, my my mother were, yeah, they had their political views. I remember, I remember being young, uh, and my mom going around the little town just giving. Uh, little pieces of paper, uh, like a commercial pamphlets. I don't know how you call it in English. Yeah, uh, pamphlets or fla- flyers. Pamphlets. Yeah, flyers yeah. to vote for this or that party. But this is, I was very young and this is as far I remember. Yeah, I remember one time she took me to uh, to one of the closing, closing speeches of one candidate in Barcelona. But what I really remember is that I was very young. Still not so young. I was already a big boy, probably was 14. And I stay in Barcelona. We live 30 minutes away. After the speech and everything ended the day before elections, and they hired me with 200 other young people to bring down the stage and the chairs and everything. And I think they pay me 5,000 pesetas. That this for me was like, oh my God, 5,000 pesetas. <laughs> my father at the time for a month work will be making around. Hundred thousand. So for you wow. to to understand, I made five thousand pesetas. I was like, I'm rich. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I remember more about going to a political gathering. The money I made helping bring down the stage than whatever yeah. was the politics at the time. <laughs> well, but I, I guess maybe more than politics. I also just mean 
uh, social consciousness, uh, you know, the idea that, uh, you know, charitable giving and donating of your time. I mean, were those things that you're, I mean, they were, they were obviously in the healing business. So, you know, obviously I always tell the, the story was more me watching them perform their task because we, it's not like we had a, a nanny all the time and we were four brothers and my mom was a working mom. And sometimes the hospital was the place that we, my, my brothers and I, we, we will be exchanged between my mother and my father. Uh, <laughs> right, some, right, right. Sometimes. Uh, yeah. But my mother didn't drive, so we will have to get on a bus. If my father didn't have the time used to come and go and come back because he will be all day in the car. So anyway, uh, so this for me was important because probably there, yes, I saw, and I tell this story sometimes of of the nurses uh, uh, staying the extra, beyond their duty, the extra hour to be there with uh, a little boy reading them a book because their family didn't have time to come to the hospital yet or or taking somebody, uh, you know, uh, elderly uh, woman that they will take around the hospital because she had to do some exercise or, or, or get some fresh air. I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I got the sense that these people were there beyond duty, right? And this, I think this, this was important for, for me to see. My mom sent me uh, to, I remember going for a few weeks to the Red Cross to take some um, volunteering, but more important classes on, you know, uh, what happened if somebody has a heart attack or what happened. Yeah, CPR. The CPR or the Hamlet Maneuver. Uh, which, yeah. by the way, one day I used the Hamlet Maneuver. <laughs> it, oh, really? It, it, in a, I, I did it twice, but one time was really, I think, necessary. In an NBA, in an NBA game, in an NBA final. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, and, and, uh, Just somebody in the audience choking on a pretzel or something? Uh, no, or? entire hot dog. I mean, entire hot dog. Like, <laughs> like, like an entire hot Did it come flying uh, out in the way that you wanted to? I thought about doing a, 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 a new uh, competition that maybe can go into the Olympics <laughs> of you charge the hot dog deep down your exophagus. And then when you're ready, somebody <laughs> does the Hamlet maneuver, and let's see who can kick it. It's like a teamwork <laughs> where you become sure. the cannon. You become, you are the cannon, yeah. and I'm the, uh, the the one putting the energy. And, you're, the, and then who? Yeah, is the, the gunpowder. Yeah, and then yeah. who throws it the furthest? And then we, we can do different, we can do it with ketchup, we can do it with mustard, grain mustard. Sure, we, I sure, mean, this sure. could. And you can do it target shooting, target, too, and not forget tar- distance. Tar- tar- yeah, target yeah. shooting. Uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, who was going to tell me that learning about the Hamlet maneuver could could help me? So yeah, you <laughs> asked me about my mom, my dad, like all our moms yeah. and our dads. We sometimes they were influential in who we become more than sometimes we even are aware or remember. Yeah, sometimes it Absolutely. it takes time to have all those flashbacks uh, to right. the past, like Back to the Future. Or back to or yeah. back to the past. Well, I always think of it like you know uh, the people that raise you. They're drawing the blueprints of who you are, and when you're in a house, you don't think about the blueprints, but they're there. They're underneath the whole time. The whole time we are only we we, yeah. we are the product 
of the people that we had around us all our lives. And again, yeah, people that yeah. we don't even remember that they right. they had a mark in us. Yeah. Unconscious yeah. mark sometimes. We we we, yeah. we weren't aware, but we saw something like penetrated and allow us to become who we became. Yeah. I, I sincerely believe uh I, I'm more aware now, obviously, when I see somebody that he has a powerful good influence in me. Um yeah. uh, doesn't happen so often because sometimes as you grow older, you kind of build a wall to then allow more people into your life because you already have yeah. so many that you you feel you maximize. But but when you realize yes. somebody's having a a good, powerful influence in you, this this is why we need to make sure that we 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 keep we keep our windows open because it's yeah it's, openness it's, it's yeah. still fascinating people out there that is still even if you feel you are older can always keep enriching you nonstop. Yeah, no, I I definitely because I think if you don't work at it, you de- I always call it you you develop a crust. There's a crust that grows over you that it if you don't work at it, it becomes impenetrable. And all the good things about you tend to diminish and all the bad things gets, all the fears and all the worries and all the grudges get strong. I, I have I have a feeling life is about t- trophies, trophies you get, you, you, all good things, trophies of friendship, yeah. trophies of experiences, your, your, your home, your car, your, your tangibles, your possessions. But then it's the yeah. intangibles too. But then, then once you have so many, it's almost like when you're young, you you are living life, and you are almost not give any value to them. But but you began gaining all those trophies, all those possessions, all those. Uh, but then, as you grow older, all of a sudden you are like, oh my god, oh my god, uh, this is mine. No, it's like the Gulum in Lord of the Rings, uh, you know, precious, you know, and and we don't realize, and all of a sudden we we are we become protectors of all those things. And then you realize that the best moment of your life is when you are gaining all those things. But the important is not, you're not getting trophies, objects, tangibles, or intangibles. But this use, the process of being part of life is the most important yeah. part. That, that you forget that what is really beautiful is not what you gain and what you possess, but what's the work you put is really what is magical. The experiences yes. you you went through, the 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 good moments and sometimes the no pleasant good moments, but they still were part of of who you are, uh, and that's yeah. the most amazing part of of being alive, right? Uh, and you realize that li- yeah. that life really kind of starts at the end of your comfort zone. I think when we are when we are younger, we don't mind to be like Thelma and Louise, just just driving through. The cliff, and eh, let's see what happens. Uh, when we are young, <laughs> we, we hope we have wings, and we we move, and we uh, 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 life starts really at the end of your comfort zone. But when when yeah. when you don't take that extra risk, is when yeah, you become grouchy, you become protector, you you don't want to lose anything. This is mine, and and uh, and I have a feeling that's the moment we really stop living. And so yeah, yeah. I think keeping open. Is, is the best we can be keeping keeping ourselves open to others and vice versa. I think that's the yeah. best. Even when we grow older, maybe it becomes more difficult. 
It does, I think. Yeah. And uh, you said something too that uh, really to make to make your goal a process, I think, is really important because I know from my own life, I thought, well, when I get a showbiz job where I'm making some money, it'll all be good. And it wasn't, you know, and I realized like I got to this point, I, this, you know, I, I wanted to attain this goal and I got there and it was, it, there was a big feeling of, well, now what? And I realized, no, no, you have to make it a process, not I'm going to get on a talk show or I'm going to get, I'm going to win this. I'm going to win an Oscar or I'm going to win a Pulitzer prize or, you know, I'm going to make $10 million. It's got to be a process because otherwise when you hit it, what are you going to do? Just stop, you know? Yeah. Uh, for me, it was always, uh, one of my dreams was having Michelin stars. The, yes. the Michelin guy that, when, Those are the Oscars of, of chefing. Yeah, and you hope to get three, but yeah. if you get one, it's great. And I grow up, remember, as a young cook in Barcelona, that I will be 15th and I will be walking like a dog back and forth in front of some of those super luxurious, expensive restaurants that, you know, my sure. family could, couldn't afford to go themselves and even less bringing me in. But for me, just being in front of the restaurant, when they opened the door, trying to get the smells were coming from the restaurant, or yeah. just being able to read if they had the menu in the in the door to understand what they were serving inside there was something fascinating. And I always dream I will have, I will have the stars. And, and you know, for me, it was great the day that they got my first two-star Michelin in Washington a few years ago, yeah. seven, eight years ago. I was like, oh my God, I'm 50. 55, uh, I'm 45 when I finally got them because yeah. I had to open the restaurant. Uh, Michelin had to be in the city. I had to be good enough, the team and the menu too. But then, yeah, it became great. But then you realize that, okay, now we got two. All right. Now let's work to get three. But okay, you get three. Okay. It's all the process that goes around that makes it really worth it. No, no, no. Right. We always talk about it. No, it's not the destination, right? And then get there and have somebody really to enjoy it with. If you get get there alone, we keep always saying the same, but it's true. Who do you celebrate it with? Who do you who do you hack? Who do you who, yeah. Uh, yeah. and I think that's very important. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint starting at $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. Or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass. Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with durable colors that last all season with Bear Premium Plus paint starting at $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 
2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Can't you tell my love's a crow? When you were a child, were you taught to cook or did you just start cooking? And was it a... Yeah. I remember, I think, one of the first memories I have of something I cooked myself on my own initiative will be, you know, those cake boxes that you buy the cake box and Sure. Uh, 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 Betty Crocker or and you yeah. add some eggs or milk and whatever. Yeah. But I think or oil. I yeah. like that. And and that was great. Uh, my yeah. father and mother would come back and look at what I made. And that was a good that was a good beginning. That's how I began. Then yes, then more from scratch. I remember my mom will make uh, uh the yogurt recipe, which was like this a sponge cake where all the quantities, you know, like in America we use cups. But this was the yogurt cup. So with the yogurt cup, you know, will be two of flour, one of sugar, one of oil. Uh, 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 that's it. That papa, uh, two of eggs. No, not how many eggs, but as many eggs as fill in two of two of the would fit. of the yogurt. And that's <laughs> it. That was, and then a lot of pineapples, and then in the oven, and, and that was great. I remember learning that recipe from my mom, that made it very playful. Uh, and very easy. Yeah. And on top, you had to put one yogurt too. So that was the yogurt olive oil uh, cake. It was so delicious. And yeah. even a young boy like me could make it and be successful. So I think this is important. Yeah. At what point did you really start to take it seriously? Like, well, and, and did you ever, was there ever a point where you're like, Dad, I'm going to make the paella? You know, I was, uh, I, I did. I did, and I tell this story. Uh, I think this story is not really told in the comic book. Even you will see my uh-huh. dad cooking the paella, and I think, I think Steve did a great job going back and forth because happened that we cook paellas in Puerto Rico and other places uh, for the masses, and somehow he found a connection between those paellas in, in hurricanes and my early childhood. Even the reason I began making the paellas was not really because my father, even I, I am a very good paella cook, thanks to my father, but it's because paella's pens was the only thing we had to feed people in Puerto Rico. But, but, yeah, but yeah. Steve, Steve was very creative in almost uniting both. And I always say the story of the fire, that my father never let me cook. Uh, he would always put me in charge of the fire, going to the forest, pick up the wood and and what happened there is like, uh, I was good at it, but I wanted to do more the cooking, like what my father was doing. And one day, kind of, I mm-hmm. got upset because he was not letting me cook. And he sent me away. And, and when everything finished, I think he got me on the side. Even this is a story, I think I've been romantic. <laughs> I, I, I have a romantic view today of what happened back then. Even I don't know if what happened back then was as powerful. It's almost like a movie that in the movie, Everything, yeah. everything is more powerful and the music and the sure. and the gravitas of the moment. But my father in a way told me, my son, I understand you got upset, but the most important thing is not the cooking, but it's controlling the fire. Control the fire and you will cook anything you want. And I always thought later in my life that this was not so much maybe a lesson technically to a young cook in the making, 
but that this was like a metaphor of life itself. Mm-hmm. Find your fire, master your fire, control it, and then you can do anything, anything, anything you want with your life. So for me, mm-hmm. that was important. I, I was doing a lot at, uh, I, I was uh, uh, playing soccer in, in, the, in the little town team. I was a basketball player, which I was not a bad three-point shooter. Uh, I love sports. I love basketball. Uh, I was a coach of a, a team of young girls. I even uh, took two exams uh, to, uh, to get two levels of coaching. Uh, for me, it was fascinating to teach younger people. Uh, I did a lot of things, but one of the things I was in love with was act- acting. I played the ghost of Canterville. Uh, we we even brought our own our, our own play out of the book. Uh, we did. Uh, oh wow! Uh, so so I, I I performed as the ghost. Uh, I remember we did we did gospel, uh, which was like the other Jesus Christ Jesus Christ superstar type of. And I, sure. and I play Jesus um, in this town musical that the day we perform, the entire town will come to the local small theater that doubled down as the movie theater and doubled down down as whatever yeah. happened in the town happened in that place. And and for me, yeah. that was... What, what age is this about? This was uh, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13th. Oh, wow. Wow, wow. 14th. And I remember the last play that I never performed I was getting ready for Echoes of Peter Schiff when I was out. Mm-hmm. So theater for me was amazing, but I was not doing very well at school. And this is the moment my father, that probably had the vision, said, you know, it's fine. Don't, don't hit yourself against the wall. Uh, why, why you don't go to, to a cooking school? You love cooking too. And was this cooking school that they will not take you until you were 18 because it was a private school that was on the first year. And even I was younger, I was on my 15th, going to 16th years old. Um, they would take anybody because they needed, they needed people. And that, was, yeah, sure. and that was a good beginning for me. That opened me the doors. I, I never graduated from that school. Just they gave me my graduated degree like three years ago, before the pandemic. <laughs> uh, I, I, I fell English and accounting and cooking. Uh, I did them because the school was new. And for me, it was better learning with boots on the ground. So I will be working in some of the best restaurants in Barcelona uh, all day, uh, weekends included, because for me it was no work. For me it was passion. It was like, I will find any reason to be in any kitchen that will take me because there was always something to learn. Even Sundays, if the restaurants were closed, I will find those popular celebrations around Barcelona where they needed people helping with the food. So for me, use food. Yeah. Like in my house, like when I was at home, I would help in the kitchen or my father on the Sundays feeding everybody. You see, it became this thing that was very passionate, that was uh, a good feeling being around food. So I guess the decision was, I'm going to acting school, which was on the table. I'm going to cooking school. You know, I don't regret. I don't regret going to, to cooking school because I really love it. But life has given me the opportunity sometimes to put my early acting career a few times sure. when I go to the late night shows or when, or when I did my own TV show. When I do my own TV show, at the end you learn that life in a way is acting all the time, that, that mm-hmm. life is a big performance in a way. Mm-hmm. And, 
and that's to be or not to be uh, for me. Yeah. I have in my notes here, I have that you, uh, you worked at, and I'm, tell me if I'm, El Bouilly, yeah. is that, is that how you say there? El Bouilly under, uh, Ferran Adria, yeah. and, and that you were fired. And I'm sure you've told the story before, yeah. but, uh. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, yeah, it was kind of, uh, Ferran Adria has been the most forward thinking chef in the last hundred years. I, I mean, I, that was an, you know, I like food. I, I'm, I go to lots of restaurants. I know. And that was the one that I always, the best restaurant in the world. That's what I would always hear. That's the best restaurant. Uh, in the obviously world. will be over uh, people that we will second guess rightfully. So everybody, everybody has a view what the best restaurant is for them. But without that yeah. doubt, this is the person that pushed the boundaries, the, the boundaries of, of, of cooking. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's the, you know, he's the Tesla. Is uh, what Tesla was to energy, and obviously Edison and others like that. He was for cooking, uh, almost hundred years yeah. later. And and for me, I was, I was with him very early on in my life when I will go there to work on the summers because the restaurant will only be open uh, in summers because it was in the middle of nowhere, North Spain, by mm-hmm. by a beautiful beach where the only house in the entire area was the house that was hosting that restaurant. And there is where Ferran taught us to respect tradition, but also we had to break away from the chains of tradition. We had to learn from the past, but that we were able and allow, and we were supposed to as a responsibility to push the boundaries. He's the guy that said, you know, we need to start moving away from the places we go to get inspiration to the markets, which is great. We need to keep going to talk to the cheesemakers or to the winemakers. But that was okay. We went to Harvard to speak to the scientists and learn and understand better physics. So we could uh, understand better what was happening every time we cook. It was good to go to work with an artist uh, that, that like Dale Chihuly in Seattle to learn how his glass technique could be applied to our techniques in the kitchen or use the way a painter will position colors that could allow us to do something else in the plate beyond the normal uh, traditional plating platings we were doing. Is the guy that said, you know, move away from 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 where we are and to, to get inspired, we're going to have to open our profession to other professions so we can establish a two-way street and reaching in a way each other. When he really kind of became that innovator and, and the world became known, was it, I, I mean, I don't know about nationalism in, in the culinary world, but was the fact that he was a Spaniard, was that shocking? Like, did people yeah. think, oh, no, only the, only the French can be the top? Well, or, you know? obviously, uh, for Europe and for Occident, uh, France was was everything, because it was. I mean, France over the last, yeah. uh, you know, a couple of hundred years was the the powerhouse. When you were saying you were learning cooking, means you were learning French cooking, and in a mm-hmm. way, uh, France became like the center of the universe. Uh, even at the same time, was you know, the world is a very big place. Uh, now, now when you learn about Mexican cooking or Chinese cooking, you are like, what the heck? What we were thinking? But at the time, yeah, everything yeah. was France. 
And f- Spain was looking to France like every other country in Europe or even France. Yeah. But it, it always takes that moment that is one moment that people start looking inside, right? But obviously the contributions of France was huge. But yes, it was a shocking moment for the world when now France is not anymore. I mean, remember, it was the times of Paul Bocuse and Troagro and then later on Maximin and... And and, uh, and and so many others, uh, and then Ducasse, and yeah, France was wow. France was France, but that these yeah. these guys almost with a crazy look that was just pushing the boundaries, saying it's a new way. The other the other way is not bad. The other way is great, but we are showing you another way, a new a new way, no better or worse, just mm-hmm. a new way. This was a shocking moment. I mean, I remember in France that Le Figaro put him on the weekend magazine on the cover and almost saying, you know, the new revolution is not anymore in France with the Nouvelle Cuisine now is happening in this restaurant in Spain. Uh, this was very shocking, uh, even in France yeah. and in the culinary world. So, yeah, uh, I was very happy. I was part of that. Uh, he's my friend. He's, he's a mentor. He's my friend. We spent a lot of time together. And, and the, the question you asked me at the beginning, if I was fired, was not really kind of that. Even I remember one day explaining this and became kind of news, but was, imagine the days. He was 24, I was still 16, 17, 18, uh, 19, something like that. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm waiting for him in a bar, it's raining, he's not coming. I go out to call with a, a little quarter I had just to find. Yeah, yeah. And then when I, I, when I come back, I'm waiting. When I come back, he's there in the bar. I'm like, I've been here all day waiting for you. I'm like, ah, you've not been waiting all day for me. I've been waiting for you all day here. And I don't know what happened, but, you know, life always has a way. And, and he, re- he left. And that, and that night, I got the offer to go to New York to open a restaurant. And two days later, I'm in New York with a visa and everything. And I call him from New York and I tell him, hey, you know one thing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm coming toward this this uh, early spring. <laughs> like, why? What happened? <laughs> I'm in New York. <laughs> and when are you coming back? I don't know. I'm like, okay, all right, it's good. <laughs> Stay there and learn and learn what you have to do, what, what they are doing in America, and, and then we'll talk later. And yeah, here, yeah. here I am, thirty years later. I mean, because there's plenty of people, there's plenty of cooks, and then the, there's lots of chefs. You know, there's less chefs, plenty of cooks, less chefs. But I mean, you really have, you know, you've made the world your restaurant. And I mean, it, so there's got to be a tremendous amount in, of ambition in you that it doesn't exist in other people that say, I want to be a good chef. I want to, you know, I want to cook good food. And and where do you think that comes from in you? Why do you think that you had such, or or did it just kind of evolve? Like, did you not have these grand these grand sites set, and, uh, and it just kind of happened? Well, that's a great question. It's like sometimes, sometimes I don't think we all ask ourselves the right questions to understand who we are or what we do. But that's a good question. I think, yeah, yeah, it when you know life just forms. Uh, in front of us as we go. I mean, for me, reading John Steinbeck, uh, The Grapes of Wrath or The Pearl, and those were books that had influence on me on 
was there poverty in Central America, but there was poverty in America too. Uh, I love you understand, but for me it was was very important in my early young life. For me, reading, uh, learning about Clara Barton, the woman that was working in the flying hospitals in the Civil War, who created the Missing Soldiers Office and who became the founder of the American Red Cross. Uh, for, yeah. for me, those moments were, were, were magical. For me, I had dreams of, I remember I wanted to come to America um, because I was fascinated with America, with the NBA, where I will, I will wake up and leave my home uh, and get in trouble with my mom at 1, 2 a.m. in the morning on the first bar that was showcasing black and white <laughs> NBA <laughs> games. Uh, finals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 for me, America, the Westerns, John Wayne, I love. I mean, uh, Tarzan, when I was young, for America, for me, Disney. I had the dream one day. Oh, my God. One day uh, when I came to America early on, I will have a restaurant in Disney World. Uh, and well, now I have a restaurant in Disney, in Orlando, because yeah. I, I wanted to have a Spanish food in Disney because I learned there was no Spanish restaurants over 30 years ago. I'm like, I want to have one. Hey, it happened. Um, yeah, I wanted to be learn more about how we can make food uh, a way to make uh, our cities in America better. I joined this organization, DC Central Kitchen, as a young cook, sharing with with them my expertise, but in the process, them sharing with me how the world can be a better place through food. And I became the chairman of that organization. But in the process, I was learning more than anything I was given. Uh, and there I, mm -hmm. I learned how you could fight hunger in Washington and in a way be a medium to influence how our politicians come up with bills that can have a direct effect on the ground. Um, obviously, for me, having restaurants was never about having a big company of 30, 40 restaurants. For me, in the same way, a writer does a, a book or a late night show, host, uh, you know, has the, the daily routine that has people helping him deliver it. Uh, 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 a way for me to express as a cook is opening restaurants because I'm telling the stories I want to share. And I, I I could do the same in my house and invite six people one day and that's it. But the restaurant makes you work yeah. hard because it's, a, it's, it's like an opera. It's like you're doing a play. You're, you're, mm -hmm. you, you, you are putting into a restaurant everything you know and, and, all, and what all your team knows. And, and that's why I, I didn't want to stay all my life only on Spanish cooking. Even sometimes I regret it because for me it would be easier. Because even the more I know about cooking, the more I know I know nothing. So if only I stay in Spain, in my country, the country on paper I'm an expert, still I realize I know nothing. But what did I got into Greek and Turkish? What did I got into Peruvian and Chinese? Why did I got into an American historical restaurant? Because I had this huge need of learning. And for me, opening my restaurants was this way to push in myself and my teams to learn. Uh, then you regret it. Uh, now, sometimes I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God, what a headache. It's like, it's like uh, who I am, who I am. And, and I realize that I'm, in a way, I'm becoming this melting pot that I always love so much. Yeah. from America. And that was one of the reasons I was always so proud to have been here more than half of my adult life, three American-born yeah. daughters. But for me, I am I have a richer, a richer understanding of the world I live in because food has been a medium for me 
to, mm-hmm. to, to, to get to know not only the dishes and the ingredients, but the people behind and the story that made those dishes possible. And this is a yeah. fascinating way to, to see the world. There's many ways to see the world, but food is a powerful way to understand the world we live in. Yeah. Did, um, did you have mixed feelings uh, about having like, <laughs> becoming well-known in Spain because you had gone to America? You know, like having, having had left home before home really started to recognize you? Did, yeah. did that cause any? Well, well, you, you, you feel like very lucky, right? Like, like the world is full of people, seven, eight billion people, and and few few hundreds are recognized almost by everybody. Yeah, and then yeah. it's the rest of us, right? But but obviously, uh, you know, I still remember when yes, I was you know, first time they put me in a magazine in Spain of the hundred Spaniards that will shape. Will shape the world, and I was twenty. Yeah. And I was 23, 24. and the only yeah, thing wow. I did, I opened a Spanish. Wow! I opened a Spanish restaurant in in, in in Washington that became very popular. That's it. Yeah. But it's kind of funny that 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 uh, uh, that reporter who became a good friend w- will write something like like that almost right, and 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 yeah. then things keep happening, and then I got you know, I began getting on some radio shows and. And then before you know, I got this TV show in my country that became popular, primetime, daily show. I will have guests. It was a very nighty kind of show. Cooking, uh, you will learn, but in a very fun environment. It'll be some comedy because I'll have some uh, comedians coming, like if they were my ne- yeah. neighbors and they were knocking on the door asking for things. It was a good, uh-huh. a good way to break from the traditional cooking show I'm going to teach you was more. Yeah. Uh, and this was a great opportunity for me because there was huge. I live, uh, you know, no, it's not like anybody is going to recognize me in the, in the airport. And I, and the TV show goes, goes on, becomes an instant hit with 23% share. Imagine that. that wow. And all, of, wow. and all of a sudden I'm coming back and I keep looking behind me because people are looking and I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm, who's here? What, 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 what soccer player is behind me? Uh, yeah, yeah. Or is my, the one I always felt when people started doing that is my fly uh, Yeah, yeah, you know? that too. <laughs> like, and, and it's funny because that was, that was gradual. My life has never been huge. But that one was like, wow. All of a sudden, you know, yeah. like, uh, I'm, I have my daughter's young and, and I'm in the beach and I need to be careful because everybody... Everybody's coming and, and with good appreciation. With me, has never been about yeah, sure. give me your signature, Jose. For me, it was people use, hey, you you gave my grandmother in the hospital a lot of laughs before she passed away to a better life. Or, yeah. or, or my brothers love the way you say you move your head and they laugh every time you do it. <laughs> or, and all of a sudden, everybody had the story. Or, or this recipe you made, my, that you said was gone, my grandmother is still making it. Or, wow. And all of a sudden, was not about becoming known or, or, yeah. or some fame by people, but it's like I was able to get into these other worlds of people that they just yeah. wanted to share with me more information. So for me, TV was not about fame. TV in that way was 
wow, I'm, I'm even connecting with, with the universe surrounds me, which is the people in very yeah. powerful ways. Yeah. Your spring is about to get a lot more power with the Home Depot. Get gas-like power from mowing, trimming, and blowing with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system starting at just $89. Mowing power that can take on a third of an acre with one charge. Trimming power with up to two hours of runtime. And blowing power with 110 miles per hour of clearing force. All in one interchangeable battery. Get cordless gas-like power for the entire lawn with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Can't you tell my love's a growing? Do you think uh, if you had opened a restaurant somewhere other than D.C., you would be as engaged with, you know, I mean, it, it's it, to say politics. Yeah. Uh, it seems limitings, but more like just current events and with world happenings. Yeah. Do you think that if you'd opened a restaurant in Dallas that you would still no. have to have this same awareness? Uh, you'd never know. Uh, because yeah. we only live once, and, uh, and you don't know yeah. the ripple effect of every move we make. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, every time you make a move, it's a ripple effect, right? It's, you land in the middle of the lake, and it's a ripple effect that creates those those waves above the surface. And but Washington D.C. was a place I wanted to go precisely because I was fascinated with the image of the Congress and the White House. I can tell you that. Mm -hmm. When I came, Washington didn't look on the surface as a powerful culinary city. What happened was a powerful culinary city. Uh, what happened, the world was not aware. America was not aware, but had amazing chefs. Jean-Louis Paladin and, and, and others. And, uh, um, but on the politics side, side, I can tell you the first time I met the senator. I remember Patrick Monaghan in the first weekend or two of opening my first restaurant, Aleo, that show up on a Sunday morning, the, the beloved senator from New York. And I didn't know who he was. <laughs> Everybody in the restaurant. Uh, the restaurant was empty, was the only guy, uh, because downtown DC back in 93 was very empty. And, yeah. and you know, I got to know him and I spent time with him. Uh, and his wife, Liz, will come. And that was, for me, was fascinating or Senator Thompson of Tennessee, uh, and uh, they, they, he will also come, and then others. So for me, I remember seeing the first hunger, hunger caucus from the Senate that didn't happen in the, uh -huh. in the Hill, that they came to this NGO I mentioned before, DC Central Kitchen. And there was amazing because this is where I began seeing the power of, of doing policy work away from the places that don't play on paper handle that policy. I remember with uh, Secretary Glickman, with, under President Clinton, the Secretary of Agriculture, that he came to my restaurant where I was donating food to an NGO and where they passed one bill called the Good Samaritan Bill that allow individuals and companies to donate food in goodwill 
and not being sued by third parties. Things that can, could help move the needle in how we fight hunger in this country uh, and beyond. So for me, those, those early moments were very important. And with that, I would say that if I didn't come to Washington, D.C., probably I would not be engaged. Uh, I agree with you. We shouldn't be calling it politics because the word politics at this day seems is fighting. Uh, and I think politics has to reinvent itself. I think what, yeah. what happened is that we got many politicians highly comfortable that if they are in a war against those that don't think like them, even they are not very good in telling you what they think about, for them it's easier mm -hmm. to fight than building something. For them it's easy. Yeah, to say, for them to say what they're against rather than what they're for. For them yeah. it's easy the confrontation versus the creation. And this is why yeah. the word politics is something sometimes I'm not super happy to use because at the end what we need is use leaders that we elect, that they are working for us. We're not working for them, they are working for us. And that we put them in power to represent all of us. And the power we give them is not to wage war. The power we give them is to create a better union. And I think, yes. I think we, we, we all need to remember that. And we all need to be more inclusive. We all need to be we, we all need to make sure that we don't become the monsters we criticize. We, we, yeah. we, we have to listen to everybody if they listen to us. And we need to respect everybody if they respect us. If they don't respect us, the problem we have, the ones that we believe in respect and dignity, is that we have to work harder to convince those that they take the easy road where insults and degrading uh, and uh, others... Uh, feels like the right way when, when again, yeah, destroying, destroying uh, is the easy, the easy way forward. Uh, building uh, longer tables, building connections to others that are not like us or don't think like us is the hardest part. We need, yeah. we need a world where politics stop being the bad of democracy and that we start use right. having people that want to come together to solve the problems that every citizen yes. faces, putting aside your Republican or Democrat or whatever you are. It's we need to have problem solvers in the places of power, not problem creators. Yeah. That's a that's a very simple rule that are you a problem solver or a problem maker? And it's a good it's a good dividing line in life. And I, there have been people in my life who I just have decided, you're a problem maker. I don't think I want, I don't think I want any yeah. more time we with you. We need to do so. it, sure. You know, yeah. We, Are I, you a problem maker or a problem we, solver? We want yeah. pro problem solvers, not problem makers. And sometimes feels yeah. feels that way when we talk about politics. Yeah. Right? We need to find those leaders, uh, even, even to, yeah. to have a voice that is pragmatic and magnanimous seems so difficult yes. sometimes. Because when you try to be that, uh, you're going to have people that they jump over you. No? I mean, listen, uh, we have some of the so, some of the poorest states in America. They've been under Republican governors yes. for many years. Uh, yes. uh, uh, but, the, but then the Republicans are used complaining about uh, the big cities that they are in the hands of Democrats. Well, the hands of yes. Democrats also had many possibilities to be fixing problems in cities 
with the power yeah. they have, so we will not have so many homeless. The, but yeah. but the, nobody kicking them out, but finding ways that we can end homelessness and other issues. Yeah. So you see, uh, what I'm only saying is not perfect party and not perfect world, because no. if it's a perfect place, uh, uh, and it's a pl uh, 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 even even right now, I will be with one one party that I believe is more the, the, the party of good conscience and and trying to solve yes. problems. But in general, uh, it, it's very difficult just to say, well, um, it's okay, finger point at them, but also you need to look yourself in the mirror. Because if it's right. a perfect city, a perfect state, or a perfect country in the world, please tell me what it is because I want to go. Uh, it, it's yeah. not the perfect place. It's, it, it's yes. the place that people work together to try to make better every day. That's, to me, yes. the best place. But sometimes seems Absolutely. it's very difficult to find that place. It's, it's like an utopia. But I believe I, I believe in utopias. I do believe we can find a place that just people want the best for each other. What is good for you must be good for me. What is good for be, my, yeah. my, my tribe is good for your tribe. And you're going to respect yeah. me and I'm going to respect you. And we're going to yeah. work together and share longer tables. I do believe it's possible. This actually happens around us all the time. What happens, mm -hmm. uh, what is on the news or in TV is the moments that we are all hitting each other, all fighting each other, or shitting on each other. And, and that's what happens that then creates this kind of thing that the world is falling apart. When more often than not, when I see certain moments when I'm walking in the streets of any city in America or around the world, is that this is a world that is trying to fix itself. Even mm -hmm. even against all odds, because humans we are trying used to destroy it, but the world, yeah. the people, the normal people, the ones that are not in power, they, they they want to live in good places and helping each other and lending a hand yeah. to each other. That's the world I see. It's only like we have few people out there that they are trying to say mayhem is the way. Why? Because I don't know how to. Yeah. I don't know how to build. So let me create mayhem yeah. because. I seem to be doing very well on this crazy wall. Yeah, I'm, I make money on mayhem. So yeah, let's keep that. Yeah. I also think too, you know, you look at it in any relationship, you look at it in a marriage or in a family, the tension that is created between two separate entities, and I don't necessarily consider them opposing, if you can take that tension and you can make something productive out of it, that's the best possible way to make progress. But you can take that tension and just make it, make everything stop, and then and then you succeed at nothing. And and to say, but I think that the two, the, you definitely need people. There can be something good out of opposing viewpoints. There can, you know, you you sort it out, you compromise, and you come up with the truth, or at least the truth that will lead people forward. Obviously, obviously, when people play within the rules, right? We see what's going yeah. on with with these individual called President Donald Trump. I mean, this is a person that re really very much wants to to break down the fundamentals of a nation. Yeah. That of a nation that far away from perfect, like every other nation, has had an mm -hmm. amazing growth over the century since its creation. And that is trying to be better every day. Even sometimes you you do, you know, three steps forward and two steps and two steps back. But this part of, of growing, of learning, of, of, of yeah. trying to include 
everybody uh, of trying to make it more, more, more we the people. The true meaning of we the people yeah. that is not we the people, the ones that are like us, is we the people, yeah. all of us. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and takes time and takes leaders that in good faith work towards building that we the people, not only in America, but around the world. Take a look mm-hmm. what's going on in the world right now with uh, Palestine and Israel and beyond. But anywhere you go, it's more of the same. I mean, people don't know that in Armenia now, Armenia and Serbia, and they are fighting. And there is Mus- Muslims kicking out Christians. And here, uh, a religion seems are always part of it. But then when it's not religion, it's the color of your skin. God, how humanity has been able still to impose its will and its yeah. own planet Earth. Why, why, why elephants didn't to cover us? Or, 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 yeah. or, 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 or dolphins? Oh, I, I, wish, yeah. I, I wish, but this is what keep learning, that when I go to disasters, and especially now that with this organization, World Central Kitchen, uh, we've been, we are right now technically like in three war zones with Ukraine, Armenia, uh, and then all the part of, of Israel, Palestine, Lebanon, Egypt, Jordan. Um, uh, in the worst moments of humanity, very often I see the best of humanity come out, come together, and, and that's the people, and that's the vast majority of the people, but we don't see it. We don't see those yeah. amazing acts of goodness and of empathy that happens all around us all the time, but this, is never, this never makes it into the news. Oh, somebody being nice to somebody else. Oh, no kidding? That's, that's no news. Yeah. But it's a lot. You're right. It's a lot of that. Uh, but yeah. unfortunately, uh, we keep being led by leaders that more often than not, usually men, 99.9% of the situations, that mm-hmm. at the end they are always taking us to the confrontation. They are always taking us to the war. And then it's yeah. all of us that we seem we have to be always taking sides uh, because. If you are with, seems the wall is putting us in these positions. If you are with somebody, it means you are against somebody else. And, mm. and humans, we, 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 we are always putting ourselves and we, we, without controlling in those positions. Uh, and, and what happens if I have friends in both sides of the equation? And what happens is, is everybody has their power of reason because that happened. And what happens if you, I don't try to build longer tables, so to bring them together and to say, yeah, listen, we can keep, I, I mean, if we have two children arguing in any school in America, about whatever, eventually if they keep arguing, they will expel them out of the school, right? Yeah. Uh, and those are children. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if we bring these yeah. to the really important things that are killing people, uh, we need to put the bad people out, that's always first. But then we need to make sure that the rest, we, 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 we use some common sense and we realize that killing each other and, 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 and hating each other and thinking that the only way I can survive is without you being in the world and vice versa. Uh, I don't think this mm-hmm. has proven to be very good long-term for humanity in any issue, in no. any confrontation. Uh, Ukrainians with with the invasion of Russia, the, the situation 
after Hamas attack uh, Israel and then how Israel is defending itself uh, uh, into Palestine. Uh, uh, we can go uh, Azerbaijan with Armenia. We, we can keep going. Um, it's, con yeah. it's conflicts. Uh, it's so many conflicts. And I, I think that the world is ready for this moment that I think is young people that have to raise up with bigger, louder voices and where we don't wait to those young people to become leaders when they become 60. We need those young people to become leaders when they are 25 or 30 and raise yeah. the voice and to say, okay, we may not have experience, but experience sometimes is not proving very efficient to the people that have the experience. Therefore, yeah. let me bring a new voice, a new way that may seem unconventional, but where you're making, making people hating each other all the time cannot be the, yeah. wa the way to, to move a country forward and to move the world forward. Uh, and, and I hope that will be the big revolution we will have with the social media and the TikToks that, yes, we, and artificial intelligence, that we are all very worried what will happen. But I can believe that m many good things can come out, out of it where actually somebody that we will never expect to be a leader in a difficult time may surprise us. And all of a sudden, we will have the young of the world once and for all imposing their view on climate change that is real, is not going down. Republicans or Democrats in America, I don't care what you guys think and who you read your news, climate change is real. It's here. And before we know, it's going to be affecting all of us. And we don't have, yeah. and we don't have, a way to leave Earth anytime soon. But what I'm only trying to say, let's better start thinking how we can be giving voice to younger generations because the decisions they make will have an impact 50 years from now. If the grown-ups, 50s, 60s, are the ones making the decisions, um, you know, it's going to be very hard. Even with that, I don't mean that in this election, I'm with President Biden. Not because he's a Democrat yeah. or not, but because he's a person that has shown empathy, has shown how he can bring a country forward after coming from a very difficult situation um, because uh, uh, Donald Trump coming out of COVID, the economy is doing well, the world keeps moving forward. There's many problems in the world, but at the same time, it's not of his making in a way. I rather prefer have a person with experience like Joe Biden uh, uh, guiding us for more years uh, in a moment that in this case, yes, being wise, is smart uh, uh, and having experience. But after him, I think the big revolution, we need to start having more young voices yeah. helping us yes. bring people together in ways we've never Amen. seen before. Yes. Well, Jose Andres, thank you so much for your time. I want to remind people, uh, the graphic novel uh, Feeding Dangerously uh, is being released on uh, November 11th. Uh, and the World Central Kitchen Cookbook uh, was released in September. And it's got recipes and stories that, uh, you know, will, will give you a better understanding of the world. And, and, and I think really is a good, a good uh, sort of synthesis of, of everything you do, from making wonderful food to uh, keeping people fed. Look, and I really appreciate you, and I appreciate your time. So, All right, well, thank you so much. Thank you, Team Coco. The three questions with Andy Richter. <laughs> That's me. All right. <laughs>
I'll be back next week. Bye, everyone. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco production. It is produced by Sean Doherty and engineered by Rich Garcia. Additional engineering support by Eduardo Perez and Joanna Samuel. Executive produced by Nick Liao, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, with assistance from Maddie Ogden. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to The Three Questions with Andy Richter wherever you get your podcasts. And do you have a favorite question you always like to ask people? Let us know in the review section. Can't you tell my love's a-growing? Can't you feel it ain't it showing? Oh, you must be a-knowing. I've got a big, big love. This has been a Team Coco production. Your spring is about to get a lot more power with the Home Depot. Get gas-like power from mowing, trimming, and blowing with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system starting at just $89. Mowing power that can take on a third of an acre with one charge. Trimming power with up to two hours of runtime. And blowing power with 110 miles per hour of clearing force. All of one interchangeable battery. Get cordless gas-like power for the entire lawn with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.